The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. We got a great show planned for you, so I'm going to Get on with it. Last week for Sweeps Week, I did a virtual uh, TV segment for CBS 8 News Now in Las Vegas, and I talked about pet proofing your home. So I'm going to get you, give you guys a pet proofing 101 guide. We have one of our dream team members, that's dog trainer, Babette Haggerty, and she's helping me solve my problem with my other dog, Hammy Jones, who really doesn't want to leave the house. He's like all of a sudden become agoraphobic. He doesn't want to leave. And of course, in Flex Facts, Dr. Fleck talks about his crazy weekend at his discount clinic and like the diseases that he had to deal with this this week. Also in the house, in the Peppa Studios here on the Gulf Coast of Florida is Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter. And he is here and he's going to talk about the best and the worst dog park cities. He's got some really interesting info. So you guys remember a few weeks ago, I had told you that I'm having this problem with my dog, Hammy. He gets excited and he wants to go outside. And this is a new development for you, Dr. Flood, because you don't know this. So Hammy wants to go outside. He gets excited. He's jumping. I put the collar and the leash on him. And then we get to the driveway and he's like, I don't think so. Hmm. So I kind of like nudge him down the driveway and he he keeps looking at the house like a crazy dog. And then he gets in the street because we walk in the street because where I live, there's no sidewalks. And then I'm kind of like nudging him to get down the street. And then eventually, if he gets past my neighbor, I call her Kravitz, like Gladys Kravitz, because she's the nosy neighbor. (laughs) I remember from Bewitched. Anyway, so then he'll go on the walk. But a few days ago, he slipped his collar. We're five houses down the street and he turns around and he runs home. He, but he, he, this is so cool. He does not run in the street. He runs up the gutter Hmm. and then runs into the driveway because they're never in the front lawn. He never touches foot on the front lawn grass. And then he sits there and waits by the door. This is totally amazing because you're nothing more than a typical pet parent. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you know what? So so I decided that I needed some professional guidance. Yes. Yes. Clearly. So what do I do? I bring my old friend Babette Haggerty of Haggerty School of Dogs, who had the most wonderful dad, uh, who everybody knew back in the day in New York. And Babette has carried on the family tradition of doing dog training. And so, you and you need some expert opinion. I here. need some expert. You really opinion. do. Yeah. So you heard the story, right? Mm-hmm. The, I know Babette. She'll ask me later about my next door neighbor. Why I named her Kravitz as in Gladys <laughs> Kravitz from Bewitched. But what do you think, Babette? What like what? Now, I will say this. It is thunderstorm season here in Florida. That that's like the environmental sidebar. But so what do you think of this situation? 
it's July and it's Florida. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. But that, that's, back to that's what I would want to do. <laughs> it's hot. But here's what what here's what my my clients would say. But it was July in Florida last year. And my pet didn't do this last year. Yeah. So how do you respond to wait, that? Wait, wait. And there's more. OK, so we talked about the thunder. Right. But Hammy likes to sit in the backyard in the sun. He like Hudson. Remember Hudson? He used to sit on the deck and like Ty. He will go and sit in the backyard and bake in the sun. Yeah. So what do you think, Babette? You know, there could be like a truck in the distance that you don't even hear. It could be garbage trucks. It could just be a car backfiring. It could be he just doesn't feel like going for a walk and he'd rather go home because what happens when you bring him home? You probably bring him inside. You give him a cookie when you come back from your walk. Hmm. No, no. OK, all right. Do I need to do that? No, no. That'll make him want to go home even more. Should I give him a cookie when I get outside and like down the street, like, you know, well, past? I would definitely like take a few steps, give him a cookie, walk a few steps, give him a cookie, make sure that that pavement isn't too hot for him, which I'm sure you already checked that. And if he's running in the gutter back, then it's, you know, possibly not that hot, you know, because then he would be running on the grass if it was that hot. Sure. Is it the same time of day this always happens? Well, it's interesting because I walk my dogs when it's pitch black and that's in the morning and that's been going on for a long time. And then in the afternoon, it's still it's like they go in the backyard in the afternoon because it's just too hot. They go out two or three times in the afternoon and he doesn't poop and pee on a leash. Very rarely does he pee on a leash. So occasionally he'll pee, you know, like I said, on a leash. But no. And then like tonight, I'll usually walk him like around in the nighttime. I'll usually walk him around like seven. And we go to our friend's house like we walk around the block. We go to our friend's house and then um yeah, he just he gets to a point he just on, on the walk on the way. He's fine when we get like around the bin. And then when he knows he's gone home, he's like dying to get home. Yeah, but I, then I have to give all the other dogs cookies, too. So it's not just one cookie. It's like nine cookies. So you're walking all of them together and he doesn't want to be any part of the pack. No, he's like fine. Like once he gets going and right. then like when he sees the house, he's kind of like, hey, have you tried walking him alone to see what he does? I'll try it and see what happens. That's a good suggestion. You know, try maybe try mixing up the pack a little bit. So maybe it's not all nine dogs. No, nine dogs. That's three dogs and nine cookies. If I need three. Oh, OK, I was thinking like, oh, my God, she's got nine dogs. She's crazier than me. <laughs> no, well, that makes me ask. You have nine dogs. Wait a second. Know. Does that want to make you ask Babette how many dogs does she have? Because if she thought I had nine dogs, now I'm curious how many dogs does she Babette, have? How many dogs do you have? Now I have four. I used to have more than that. When I lived in Florida and lots of room, I had quite a few. I had six at one point. That's not too many. No, we had six. I it mean, just we takes lost, a long time to feed them. We just we just lost three in the last yeah. six or seven months. Yeah. So yeah. But you have little ones, right? See, I had yeah. big I had German shepherds and a Roddy and a lab and, you know, and there was always like circulating foster dogs and, you know, temporary stay dogs and couch surfers. <laughs> right. And training dogs, right? Dogs. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of, of almost all of the clients that I see every day as I, as I quiz them about their medical cases, we, we delve into the psychological realm of their existence. And you know what? 
I think every family has mysteries that they don't want to share. And so, <laughs> so Charlotte's really good because she shared her mystery. You know, that's a good way to put it. I mean, for the it's interesting. For the most part, I very rarely have. I very rarely have had dog, any dog problems. I mean, in the, in the behavioral realm of this. I mean, Wally's a little aggressive with Mara. I should say a little. He's a lot aggressive with Mara. But Mara's older. He's kind of blind now. That is, you know, handleable because they, I can deal with that because Wally's nine pounds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. But, but, you know, this discussion is so important because it has a profound effect on how that relationship exists with the bond between, you know, the pet parents and them. And you are so important and needed in so many cases. And, and a lot of people don't recognize that they need your assistance. They need expert help. They need some real expert help. I mean, I can tell when we try to put them on the exam table. And I mean, I'll see probably 30 clients a day. Right. Every day. Every day, there's a challenge with many. And I really feel badly for them because I think they want to love that pet more. And, and they're frustrated. And, mm -hmm. you know, you start saying, well, maybe, I guess it's like people. You need help. Oh, what do you mean I need help? You know, people don't necessarily like you to tell them that they need help. But in many cases, their life would be so much better. If they hired a professional. Yeah. If they, first of all, they got to recognize that they, they need you. Then they have to accept what you're going to do and then go for it. You know, the funny thing is when I think about, you know, the dogs I've had, especially the English toys I've had over the years, they're highly intelligent dogs. They're very quiet and they're not so revealing of their personalities. Un unlike other dogs, you know, like you'll see what a German shepherd is like or a lab is like, or even an Airedale, but an English toy is kind of like very proper kind of looks at guests and just kind of like, you can read his mind. It's kind of like, when are they leaving? You know <laughs> what I mean? That's what, right. That's what they're kind of like, when are they leaving? They'll sit there with their paws crossed, look at the person and if it's a kid, it's like, okay, one pet, and then I got to get out of this room. Hey, Babette, you know, we're up against a break. So I need to ask you if you could kind of hang on and, and we'll continue in a few minutes. Uh, we're talking with Babette Haggerty on the Pet Buzz. Doc and I will be back with her real soon. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, this is Barbara from Clear Lake, Iowa, here to tell you about my great little Portuguese podango named Gobi. He's my bodyguard, internal compass when I work too long, and he's a great little traveler. He's also a great cuddler. We love listening to the Pet Buzz. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors. Camping. 
Boatin', riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Okay, so we're back on the Pet Buzz. Doc and I are talking with dog trainer extraordinaire and my good friend, Babette Haggerty. And we're trying to figure out what's up with my dog, Hammy, with his not wanting to go outside on his morning and evening walk. But I mean, Hammy, like, and, and, and I think this is why dog training is so important. It's like you it's like with your kid, you you know, my mom wants to talk about home training. You know what I mean? So you start in the beginning. And, you know, the great thing is Babette has numerous books and she has a great training book for basic training. But I think you're right, Dr. Fleck, in the sense that you might start with the basics like today's modern pet owner of mm-hmm. our genre, Babette would train their dog would go because, you know, Babette and I were city folk for a while. And in the city, it's very common for people to train their dog. And one of the reasons is the social aspect. But I think when you have a lot of older school people, like in communities like Florida or just age groups, they think, oh, well, my dog, you know, naturally would sit naturally do that stuff. So they don't really do a format, a formal regime. And also with seniors, you know, they are, they don't have a, a regular schedule. Hammy has a regular schedule. So I don't I didn't know if it was like, you know, I thought and I didn't really think about the pavement being hot. But at 530 in the morning when it's pitch black, the pavement's not hot. Or I thought, is it um, I have a border around? Maybe he was afraid of the border like it's not in the ground. Are you near any canals or lakes, Charlotte? I wonder if he hears a gator. No, I mean, I do live near a creek. It's like four or five houses down. I'm always careful because occasionally that creek goes into a body of water that eventually will end up in Tampa Bay. But no, we don't have any gators. We do have raccoons. Mm. Um, I don't have any. I've seen one at my house, but I haven't. And that's because I left a bird feeder outside. I didn't, you know, I, they were doing, um, recently they were doing demolition at a church, but this had started before that happened two weeks ago. Mm. And at 530 in the morning, they're not doing it. Or Saturday or Sunday, they're not doing it. So maybe it's just like, it could be a phase. It could be a phase, especially if he hasn't been doing it long. I'm guessing that there might be some animal he hears that's freaking him out. Because, you know, there are all sorts of weird sounds. And if you can't see them and you don't know what they are, you're not used to it. I mean, he probably hears birds all the time living in Florida, but it might just be, you know, an off kind of animal that he hears that you don't even realize he's hearing. That's a possibility. And also, you know, dogs obviously hear mm-hmm. at a much higher level than humans do. Yes. I'm going to try the biscuit. I'll try walking him by himself. I'll try that this, you know, today, later today, and I'll see if that makes a difference. But I'm not, I'm telling you right now, that's not going to last for a real long time. Not at 530. I mean, I will admit that sometimes like today I went out in my nightgown and my and my bathrobe because no one's going to see nobody in my neighborhood leaves leaves to go anywhere until 5:45 so i i'm almost home by then <laughs> and a few people have spotted me in the in the nightgown and the bathrobe and it and it's hot but i don't care <laughs> so i mean i don't know what do you think dr fleck well when it comes to your pets people can laugh all they want to whatever you wear i'm i'm reminded of when i ask people to bring in urine samples and i know <laughs> and i i i, I vision the the lady or the gentleman that that are collecting the sample 
And I always ask him is, what did your neighbor say to you? <laughs> when you were trying to collect the samples, I mean, you just get a vision of that. It's so much fun. It's so much fun to practice and, and watch people about their pets because they do love them. And if they do have an issue, they really do need you. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I, I, and I think that's a good point. I think that's really what the point of the segment is. Absolutely. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, if you had um, a child who needed to see a specialist, mm-hmm. correct, and this is something yes. that, you know, Babette has dealt with, with her children, that you go to one, you go to the best one you possibly can go to. Um, and I also think if you have a dog that and uh, develops issues later in life, you know, you have to buck it up, mm-hmm. spend the money, um, because you always have these unexpected. And these issues you're talking about aren't necessarily that would be threatening somebody physically, uh, like a biting problem or so. But we're talking about issues. As, <laughs> Psychological as, issues. Yeah, really. I mean, and that really bothers people because they want their pet to be perfect. Of course they do. It's an extension. And- um, and, and they want that relationship to be perfect. Again, I see it every day and I love it, but I know that it really bothers people. So they need you. I don't know if I'm, I, I don't know if I want my pets to be perfect. I guess I've been a rough around enough dogs in life that I want them to be happy. You know, I think it's really interesting because, you know, we've been rebranding our show lately and we've talked about health and wellness, but we've also, and this is one thing I think, you know, that we always talk about on the show is affordability because that, that, you know, having a pet is like any other relationship. You want it to be successful and sometimes, you know, money talks. So you have to recognize that when you have a problem that you need to solve it. And I mean, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I have, you know, friends like Babette and Amy and Brian who will always come to my rescue um, when I need them, when I call. But it's important to recognize that at any time in a pet's life, you might end up having these issues. And yes, it's fodder for the neighbors or whatever. But I think that uh, you have to be able to you know, have a library, you have to be able to call a trainer, you know, Babette, why don't you share with us where we can find uh, a good and reputable trainer? Where should, where should the pet owner start? I'd go to the um, IACP website, which is canineprofessionals.com. Mm-hmm. Canine is spelled out C-A-N-I-N-E. Professional.com. Okay. It's the International Association of Canine Professionals. And you'll find trainers of all modalities all philosophies there. And it's a great organization to find a good trainer. Um, really, there's a lot of proven, ex- a lot of experience you have to prove in order to be able to be a part of the IACP. And then should you ask for reference? You know, obviously you'll discuss your problem with the trainer. Should you ask for references? And, you know, in this day and age, I think you can just call your vet do Google reviews. Cause you know, I remember back in the day before we had the internet, people would ask me for references and I'd laugh and think, what am I going to do? Like, you know, one is starting out. I'm going to give grandma's name because grandma will say good things about me. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give you somebody who's, who wasn't happy with me last week. So I always tell people, look, if you want real references, call your vet and say, Hey, I'm checking out three trainers, Joe, Bob, and Sally. 
Have you heard good things about them? Because those are the people who are going to give you a good reference. Right. Sure. Authentic reference, I should say. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, and that's why I think relationship building is a really good idea because, you know, you you want to be able to. We always say you're veterinarian. People like you, Dr. Fleck, are the health coach for these pets out there. Mm -hmm. So it's not uncommon for people to ask you. And they do. Yeah. And probably like most of my colleagues, we don't know where to send them. Which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. That's why that information you just gave us will be on our website. So that that's what I can refer people to is our website. And that's where it's going to tell them how they can start their search. Well, you know, I think we've accomplished two things. I'm going to try the biscuit lore. And then you know where to get a good dog trainer. Do we do we cure Hammy or not? Well, I have to put Babette's suggestion in practice. I'm going to have to get out there and feel the ground. I'm going to have to walk him alone. I'm going to have to give him a biscuit, uh, and then I'll walk him with the other dogs and give them all biscuits. And it's a lot of work, but I'm willing to try. That's you know. And if there's more issues, I'll call Babette. I think that's a good point. If you're not willing to put forth an effort, they'll never mm-hmm. resolve the problem. Everybody, I am happy to say that my friend Babette Haggerty came through from Haggerty School of Dogs. Her website is haggertydog.com. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. So, Dr. Fleck, it's now time for what everyone's been waiting for. Flex Facts, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about a weekend at our, my affordable veterinary clinic and all that happens and all that develops with our pets and our pet parents so why is the weekend so different from well this the was week? this one was unique because i found three heartworm cases wow three heartworm cases interestingly enough they weren't on 50 pound dogs that spend all their time outside they were on three little 10 pound dogs that are inside exclusively except to go outside and go potty well you know that's a really good point because people have a tendency to believe well first of all in the south there are more heartworm cases in the south than the rest of the country. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So the other perception is a lot of people with small dogs think that their dog spends all their time inside. Correct? Well, you know, we interviewed the people from the Heartworm Symposium and they just presented information from surveys that showed that cats, 25% of cats that have heartworm Mm -hmm. reside exclusively inside. Right. So I would think most small dogs do reside inside. And you know what? This time of the year, whether you're in Florida or somewhere else, 
you can find mosquitoes in your home, correct? And interestingly enough, when I'm showing the heart or doing the heartworm test, I'm actually showing them at the same time because I have a unique little microscope that I love to show the blood and watch and see if any larvae shows up. And when it shows up on these little 10 pound dogs that are inside, the people actually almost want to faint. They're just, they're so upset. How could this have happened? So this again is a great informational piece to tell people heartworm prevention saves so much. It saves, it saves lives. It saves money, yeah, money in the long run. Yes. So I think that's really important for people. And, you know, some people cannot necessarily afford to buy their heartworm products from a veterinarian, but there are other options that they can afford. And there's some less expensive alternatives. Isn't that correct? There's some less expensive alternatives. It's called preventative. Right. Just use preventative. Visit your veterinarian for testing once a year. Assuming it's negative, stay on the preventative regularly. Right. That's all you have to do. But I had other interesting things that happened this weekend. Yeah, so go ahead. It's so much fun to practice with the group that I do because it's across the socioeconomic, the whole span. Right, at your discount. Yeah, it's right. really great. It's fun. I, now I found some skin issues, right? Yeah. The skin issues I found was sarcoptic mange which is scabies wow so now i got to deal with people with sarcoptic mange okay so like remind us what scabies is scabies is a mite that is transmitted primarily it's seen in cats and is transmitted to people and it seems like it's not so much on men as it is on women and it's in those little tiny places like where your panty line that's sometimes how i diagnose it because i ask people i say you itch in any place and they start scratching. And I say, okay, let's look under the microscope. And there it is. But then I also saw the red manger. Well, wait a second. So let's go back. So okay. how do you treat scabies? I mean, what do you have to do? Because it, it sounds like it's contagious. And a lot of people sleep in bed with their dog, right? Lots of times that's how you get that close enough contact that that's how it's transmitted. Okay. And that's exactly a good question. That right. You so too. it's zoonotic, like we talked about with Dr. Arce last week, correct? Like so many diseases. Are like these so days. many diseases. Yes. Oh, and just so Dr. Arce knows, I have been wearing my gardening gloves. Oh, good. Right. Good. Okay. Good. So uh, you had another case that you thought was really interesting. I had the other kind of mange, demodectic mange. Okay. What's the difference between demodectic mange or the red mange? It's interesting because it's a very difficult mange to clear up because the little buggers, they go down at the bottom of the hair follicle. So mm -hmm. they're real deep in the skin. So when you're doing skin treatment, it's really hard to get that medication down where they're inhabiting in the skin. Mm -hmm. So what we find is a real honest and easy way to treat them is using many of the flea and tick medications today, like the spot-ons, like the, the um, oral flea and tick medications. They seem to have a real good effect on destroying them. But do supportive things like make sure you wash the pet. You don't necessarily have to worry about using a dip because that can be pretty toxic to them. And what I found is that it may take a little longer, but using the routine flea and tick products that are on the market, the spot-ons and the oral medications do a fantastic job of clearing it up, but it may take three or four weeks to do it. But that was unique. Three heartworm cases, all on 10-pound dogs that live exclusively inside. Parents are cuddling it all the time. And then a kitty 
that has demodectic mange and another kitty that has sarcoptic mange. Wow. But it was an exciting and field. And it's like every weekend I have. That's why I love doing what I do. Hey, that's great. I mean, if everyone could love doing what they do, they'd be much happier. Absolutely. That's all the flex facts for today. That's what I was going to say. Is that it? That's another great flex facts with you, Dr. Fleck. Well, you know, as a result of the pandemic, people can now work from home. They no longer have to work and live in the same or nearby city of their employment, which could be a good thing depending on who you are. So for pet owners, that's really, like I said, it could be a godsend. Now they can move to another part of the country or another city, one that has more dog parks for their furry friends. So joining us today to talk about 2021 best dog park cities is Jeff Herman, the editor-in-chief at Lawn Starter. Jeff, welcome back to the Pet Buzz today. Glad to be here. So how did Lawn Starter determine the best dog park cities and what metrics did you use? Well, we looked at dog park reviews because you want to make sure that your dog park is something that your dogs are going to like and that people are going to like too. So uh, that was from bringfido.com. Those are dog park ratings. And then the number of dog parks per 100,000 residents, that's from the Trust for Public Land. And then weather statistics, the monthly rain, sunshine, cold days, hot days, that's all from NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Pretty heavy hitters. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So tell us, what are the three top cities for dog parks? Uh, San Francisco is number one, Oakland number two. So those are kind of side by side. Portland at number three and Boise, Idaho at number four. Boise is really hot right now mm. as a place for people to move to. They're having a hard time keeping up with housing because so many people are moving up there. Well, guess what city has the most dog parks per 100,000 residents? That's Boise. So oh, it's not only a hot place to move for your job, it's also a hot place to move for your pet too. I got four and I asked for three, but that's okay. I know. And did you notice it's all moving west? It's Definitely not east at all? West. Okay, so let's do the other side of that. What are the worst dog park cities? The worst dog park cities at the very bottom is Laredo, Texas. Then we've got Omaha, Nebraska, Garland, Texas, which is in my backyard here at Dallas-Fort Worth. Cleveland, Ohio, and Newark, New Jersey. I think I got five that time. <laughs> I'm not surprised about Newark, New Jersey. I mean, you know, it's one of the highest carjacking rates, so you certainly don't want to go to the dog parks. You don't want your dog. No offense, N New Jersey. I mean, you know, I do have a family member who's a senator there, so I got to be careful. But anyway, um, you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, Dr. Fleck and Jeff, is that San Francisco, were you surprised that San Francisco was ranked number one? I really was, but I think that's because there's so many people who are single or young couples there. They're tech-oriented jobs. And so instead of having family and kids, a lot of them have their, their fur babies as their children. So there's a lot of pets, a lot of dogs in San Francisco. They also have lots of dog parks, and they have perfect weather out there. So they basically have a home run for just about everything you could possibly want in dog parks. But here's the thing about San Francisco. Finding dog housing is one of the worst cities in the country. That's true. You know, so I guess even though they've got money, they're tech oriented, they're young, but it's almost impossible to find dog friendly. So I guess people aren't moving or they're buying. 
Hey, Jeff, we're going to we're up against a break. So I need to ask you if you can you can uh, come back for a next segment because uh, we want to continue this interview for a few more minutes. Uh, so, everyone, we're just to remind you, we're talking with Jeff Herman on the Pet Buzz and Doc and I will be right back. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. We're back on the Pet Buzz. Doc and I are talking with Jeff Herman from Lawn Starter about the best and worst cities for dog parks and obviously a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Texas. So why are the Texas cities in the doghouse? Well, most of those cities, they don't have very many dog parks for the number of residents that they have. So that's the biggest reason that the Texas cities are down at the bottom of the list. Laredo is down there for another reason. They not only don't have many dog parks, but those don't get very many paws in terms of reviews. So if you get four paws for a great review, their dog parks are just not very friendly places for dogs. So the people who go there don't like them in Laredo. That's why Laredo is the worst city for dog parks. But Garland also doesn't have a whole lot of dog parks for the number of residents that they have. Now you have cities like Austin, which are very pet friendly and very dog friendly, but they don't have the number of dog parks because they have other amenities for dogs. They have a lot of cafes that have patios, a lot of places where you can go eat outdoors and have your dog with you. They also have trails in places where you can walk your dog off leash in creeks. So it's not necessarily all about dog parks in Texas. There are other pretty cool amenities for dogs besides the parks. In Dallas, where I live, they have a place called Mutt's where the adults can drink beer and wine and the dogs can get their frozen treats too. So it's kind of a cool place for people to mingle as adults, as well as their dogs to mingle with other, with other like-minded dogs. Hey, I'm kind of curious. You didn't mention anything about Florida where we are. Anything good or bad about us? Uh, Florida has great dog parks. Orlando, I think, is the highest rated one. And Miami also did really well. But the question I think that we are struggling with in our metrics is that because your rain is between a window of like three to five every day, 
that seems to kind of skew everything for Florida that it's rainy days. It's really not a rainy day because it's only that brief window. I lived in Tampa. I lived in Gainesville. So we're trying to figure out how we can adjust things so that we can better reflect Florida, given that the weather, it strikes Florida automatically in these metrics because you have rain during the course of the day. It's not that it's a two-hour window. It, it reads it as if it's a full day from NOAA. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you can obviously, based on the information they have, interpret, like Jeff said, the facts are always based on additional circumstances, whether it's the environment or whether it's just the lifestyle or whether in some cases, I think when I was reading the survey, some dog parks are were harder to get to than others yeah. um, in a city. But, you know, what I find the most interesting thing is these are considerations when people are moving into these cities where even if you thought about it 10 years ago, they might have not been considerations yeah. because not only is the dog park for your dog to get exercise and play, but I mean, I remember my first experience in the dog park. It was kind of like it could even be like a housewife show. There was all this drama and whose dog got along with whose dog and whose dog was aggressive and who dated who, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's, it, it, it I, I guess in other words, what I'm saying, it contributes to a kind of a social life for a lot of these dog owners. And now that there's other things to do, like go to the local pub, you know, where you and your dog can have doggy beer or, you know, you can drink regular beer and your dog sure. and there are activities and, and, and all these outings and, so I, it just expands the world of having a social life with a dog. I got one of the questions. I'm kind of curious as a, as, a, as a veterinarian and concerned about health and transmission of diseases. Is it in, in consideration for deciding the better dog parks for how the park is cared for for transmission of diseases like parasites and things like that? I think you just want to make sure that your pet is vaccinated, you know, so that it's safe around other dogs. And at the same time, if you see a lot of poop on the dog park, maybe you don't want to go there. You want some maintenance because, of course, dogs eat other dogs stuff and <laughs> you want to avoid that because that makes them sick. So more than anything else, if your dog park is maintained, that's a really good sign. If it also is someplace that your dog feels like it's safe in Gainesville, Florida, they have a two dog parks there's one for small dogs and it's right next door to the one for big dogs that's because they had an incident where a big dog mauled a small dog years ago so now they've separated the small dogs where they can play together as small dogs and the big dogs can play together and you just want to make sure when you're at a place with your dog that you and your dog are safe of course they have leash park only dog parks and off-leash dog parks right that's correct that's okay. correct yeah Okay. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for sharing all your information and your results with us today. It was great. Fantastic. Well, anyway, I love these uh, lawn starter campaigns. And the greatest part is Jeff Herman came up with this idea for doing these best cities of. So I think it's a brilliant campaign and it really keeps them fresh and really in the news all the time. Of course, so brilliant for the pet bus to bring him on to, so that he of can course, share that. Of course. Yeah. Of okay. Course, great. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. Now it's time for the celebrity pet news. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You, you, you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. 
So the celebrity pet news for the week is really about the crazy cat ladies of Hollywood. So first we know that uh, Jen Gardner likes to dress up her cats and not only dress up her cats, but dress herself up with her cats and pouches on sweatshirts, which is just like so, so, so bad in terms of fashion. But now we have a new really hot cat lady in town and it's Kate Beckinsale. So she stopped by Regis and I always want to say Kelly, but it's actually Kelly and Ryan, you know, Kelly Rip and Ryan Seacrest. So she said that uh, one of the things she liked to do when she was in quarantine during the pandemic is that she liked to dress up her cats. And when people say, well, you know, you know how cats are. How long did it take to dress up your cat? She's like, ah, 12 seconds. Not a big deal. On the People and Pets website, there's a picture of her, you know, dressed very chic. And she's uh, she's carrying a cat around and she does all sorts of things. She paints the cat's nails, dresses them up in jeans, throws sunglasses on them. I don't know. I mean, I you know, I've seen people dress up dogs. I now I have to admit, I put a T-shirt on my dog and a jacket. But I, I don't really see myself dressing up my cat. No, that's not true. I actually put a T-shirt on him. But I'm not going to paint Hayden's nails. I think that's like a little over the top for me. And that's like... News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. So I want to tell you all something real good. So Macy the Yorkie, she is a small little thing, a cute little bug, little Yorkie bug. She was out with her owner and the owner's daughter, Lily. And a coyote started following them, started chasing them. And little Macy was literally jumping in front of the 10-year-old child who was screaming and yelling just to protect her. And this little bit of nothing was attacked by the coyote while she was trying to protect the dog owner's daughter. While she received extensive injuries to her body and legs. So she had to undergo surgery for her wounds at the emergency hospital. And so many people heard about how Macy protected Lily, this 10 year old that the family who set up a GoFundMe page because it was so expensive raised more than $33,000 to help Macy get better. I mean, Macy can't be more than like nine pounds. And imagine she jumped in front of a coyote to protect her 10-year-old owner. So Macy, we love you. And you are the something that's good for this week. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. This week, we want to thank Jeff Herman of Lawn Starter and also Babette Haggerty from Haggerty School of Dogs. Next week, we're going to actually talk about if blind people should pick up their poop. So that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about Itchy Dog Awareness Month. There's a month for everything. So now it's going to be Itchy Dog Awareness Month. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats. 
most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere.